the Endurance Asia podcast. Yo, pick your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. For the second part of the Vietnam Mountain Marathon uh, podcast series, we uh, adding some more stage interviews where we got to speak with, with Ha Ho, who recently came fourth in, in Triple C with most amazing performance there. Uh, we also get to speak to Sangay Sherpa, who just finished Tour de Jean and, uh, and also... DNF'd UTMB but got 130 kilometers in so he's coming in this in, in September alone he has uh, over like 500 kilometers of racing in his legs um, and uh, and yeah when we get to to speak with uh, Trung who's real really synonymous with the trail running community here in in Vietnam is been Singapore based for, for many years and uh, and then also get to speak with with Jeff Campbell again and race director David Lloyd um, so here's the, the second part of the Vietnam Mountain Marathon Trail Series podcast that the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad please welcome Ho to the stage Ho, firstly, congratulations on what was an epic performance at Triple C. I think the whole of the Vietnamese trail community and the Asia trails community were, were watching, uh, watching online and, um, and just so, so very proud of you. Um, how are you feeling now coming back from, from Triple C? Uh, hello, everyone. Um, I feel uh, great at this moment, and I'm very proud with my results at Chamonix. Uh, it's, it's a shame you're not running this, this weekend, but uh, we understand that you're recovering and that you need to spend some, some time to recover. But you're, you're from Sapa, and so this is a home race for you. I, I'm interested... What does, uh, what does VMM mean to you? Uh, VMM is very special for me, and um, uh, it means a lot to me. My uh, first place overall was not only last year at 100K, but uh, I was also first overall uh, in 2020 for 21K. I, I was running here last year. Uh, I was doing the 100 miler, and I was in so much pain. And then I saw some, uh, like this blur in the like, last 20 kilometers of the race come flying by. I was like, who was that? And, and it was you, Ho. And it was just like, it was like you were on a cloud and the, the trail was so muddy, but you were just, it was so funny to watch. You were an amazing performance last year. <laughs> um, so being from Sapa, what is your favorite trail in this area? And what section of what distance? So yeah, we, what is your favorite part? And what can everyone here look forward to um, uh, this weekend? Um, I'm actually not from Sapa. I'm from Van Ban, which is uh, Lao Cai uh, district, uh, Lao Cai province. 
And uh, I love it here, um, same as any other parts of Asia. Uh, what I'm worried are the garbage and plastic on the trails. So I'm happy that VMM is changing, that they don't provide uh, plastic cups. Uh, so we can keep the trails clean. And uh, my favorite distance is 50, 70, and 100. <laughs> um, it's been a, a very quick rise for you to be one of the top elites globally. What has been the secret to your success over the last three years since you started racing competitively? Uh, there is no success um, without the hard work. It's 5% talent and 95% is the hard work. Uh, and uh, no one can succeed without uh, guidance. Uh, with a uh, coach, with my coach team, they're always behind me. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can't do anything without hard work. But as you say, you've got a really, a really great coach as well. And I, I'm interested, going into Triple C, what was your training block like? What did it look like the months going up to Triple C? How much were you running every day? What kind of distance? What kind of elevation? What kind of time? Like, how were you? Uh, how was your training block going up to Triple C? Well, I trained very hard. Um, my uh, mileage, weekly mileage, was about 70, uh, but my gain was 3,500, uh, 3, sometimes 4,000. So it's it was mainly the the elevation gain that I trained, and also speed. And my trainings were changing all the time. Yeah. Wow. So. Not so much distance, but a lot of elevation. Yes. And I'm in a perfect place to be based to get elevation as well. Um, I'm interested in the race, Triple C. Uh, how did the actual race go? I know that you were, you were third for a long way, and then, um, and then you almost caught third right at the end. Like, talk, talk, us, uh, talk to us about the actual final part of the race and, uh, and trying to get that, that podium spot. I learned a lot during CCC. Um, I cannot say what it is, but I'm sure I will come back and I will fight for better results. Yeah, we, we look forward to seeing you in, in Chamonix again next year. Um, but also, looking at the... Re you've had a very busy year as well, and I think you've had some great performances with... You won Xterra in Taiwan, uh, Ultra Trail Australia, um, and then you also ran a marathon early in the year for road, which is not your usual, you prefer hills. Yeah. Um, but what is your plan for the last quarter of the year? What, what other races are you looking forward to? Uh, I haven't decided yet, but it might be Thailand by UTMB, Do Etanon, um, maybe Lamdong Trail. And uh, I'm thinking of including one marathon race to increase my, my pace, my speed. Yeah, to, to get some speed work on the marathon as well. Um, very good. Any last advice for the people that are running tomorrow? I think there's, there's a lot of people that have maybe never run 100 kilometers before. And maybe three years ago, you hadn't run 100 kilometers before. So I'm interested in any advice you have for people uh, tomorrow. Or tonight, um, sorry. Um, I would like to send 100 uh, kilometers today and tomorrow 70, 50, and 21. <laughs> Successful race. 
very successful race. Very good. I suppose just lastly, uh, we'd love to hear about any um, any gear. Any uh, I, I know you're like wearing mood gear, gear here at the moment, but any nutrition and that you that you recommend when you're when you're racing. Um, for the nutrition, it's quite difficult to give an advice because um, each person is different. But uh, I would suggest to have a nutrition coach who will give you the the plan. Uh, just personalized plan for, for each race. Uh, and I don't know if any of you like uh, watermelon. I love watermelon during the race. Real food. That's <laughs> the way to go, real food. Look, Ho, we're so very proud of you and your performance at, at Triple C and very excited to see what you do in the, the, the rest of your career and going into next year. But um, I think I speak for everyone in the Asia and Vietnamese trails, trail community say congratulations and yeah thank you for still coming and joining us today. Thank you very much. We're going to be welcoming up to the stage now Sangay Sherpa who I'm sure many of you have heard of before. He is coming off the back of an incredible year, an incredible decade of racing but literally one week ago he was running Tour Dijon. The week before that, he was running UTMB, and we welcome to the stage Sangay Sherpa. Sangay, so good to see you here. I'm actually quite surprised to see you here. Uh, when I saw you had raced UTMB and then Tour Tour Dijon, which is 360 kilometers in UTMB before, I thought there's no way he will make it to VMM. But here you are. How are you feeling? How are you feeling now? Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm so happy and excited to be here. Yeah, just after my Tour de Gion. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I was running so many races this year and like a UTMB. Uh, of course, I didn't uh, finish, but I did uh, 130 kilometer. Then after I stopped because I was um, uh, uh, expecting to do better in the Tour de Gion. It's uh, uh, such a big, big journey, long journey. That's why I, I, I stopped in the UTMB and uh, I did the Tour de Gion. And I did like um, I, I expected. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm feeling very good. And uh, uh, first time here in Vietnam and uh, excited to take deep part this evening. Uh, this year alone, you have run over 2,000 kilometers in races. 2,000 kilometers in races is like back to back to back to back. Um, how do you think about, do you use your races as training? Like how do you think about putting races in and how do you train in between your big races? Well, every year I have been running uh, like so many distance, so many races. But uh, this year it was uh, my first experience to run uh, like uh, uh, every weekend over 100 kilometers. And uh, like I did uh, in 11 weeks, I did a 10 ultra trial, more than uh, 100 kilometers. Then it's uh, like uh, my personal experience to doing that kind of uh, uh, distance, but in between the races, uh, no, no running, no training, because uh, some races I did like uh, training, but uh, 
uh, when you have a, your brief number and you are running with other athletes, uh, obviously you uh, run uh, faster than uh, in the training. So uh, most of the race was a training, but it was also the competition that is uh, one my personal experience. <laughs> yeah, th that makes sense that in between races, you can't run too much, or otherwise you wouldn't have any legs left. Um, but I, I'm interested in how you prevent injury when you race so much. Because as you say, you still get to the start line and your competitive spirit means you still go fast. So how do you make sure that you don't get injured when you race so much? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I think uh, when we run, uh, when we compete every weekend, uh, this is more risky to, uh, for the injury. But I think uh, uh, I was born in, uh, in the mountain, and uh, when, uh, since my childhood, uh, I was doing uh, so many efforts, going to school or helping my parents every day, uh, every uh, physical efforts. And um, when I was young, I moved in um, the city, and I worked as a porter in the mountain. So I think my, my body is uh, already used to about the um, uh, physical effort. And also, I, I, I take care about my body during the race, even uh, if I run so many races. But I, I do some races for the fun, uh, and uh, not always uh, thinking about the competition, and uh, having lots of fun. And uh, uh, if you enjoy a lot the, what you're doing, I think uh, you can uh, avoid the injury, then hopefully, I, of course, I have uh, some uh, small problems like everybody, but uh, uh, luckily, uh, not, uh, not big injuries. Yeah, I think having fun is the most important part of it as well. Uh, you've done so many difficult races. Yeah, I mean, Tour, UTMB, Rinjani this year. What have been... What's been the hardest race that you've ever done, and why? Well, every, every race is um, over 100 kilometers difficult, and uh, every race is particularly um, difficult at 100 k. But uh, I did say several races, um, uh, yeah, like uh, traveling a lot, uh, doing uh, some many ultra races. And this year I had a chance to go in Indonesia, uh, there was a Mount Rinzani, 162 kilometer. Uh, that was the, the, the most difficult and technical race for me because for the 100 miles, normally uh, I finished between 26 and 29 hours. But for the Mount Rinzani, for 162 kilometer, I, put, I finished um, in 40 hours. It was really, really long and technical, and uh, yeah, but beautiful, and I enjoyed it a lot, but it was the, the most difficult race I ever done. Uh, so uh, this year we were uh, only two runners uh, finisher, and there was um, uh, one runner from, uh, one friend from Vietnam also, he finished, but it was uh, like um, some few minutes uh, later of cut up time, but it was, uh, just to say, it was a really, really difficult and technical race. Yeah, I think that, that was Trung. He's, he's here today. He's going to be coming up soon. And they did actually count him as finisher. So there was three finishers last year. So they gave him the half an hour. It's okay. So I was surprised to hear you say, Rinjani, I, I've, I've been there before. I know it's a very hard race. But 
But actually, as I looked at all of your race performances, there's one race, only one, that you've DNF'd, and that's UTMB. Like, obviously this year, but actually, I think you've raced maybe five times, and two times you're in 26 hours and 29 hours. Amazing performance. Um, but yeah, you've also had, um, had a few, uh, three DNFs as well. What, um, yeah, why have you DNF'd? Uh, why do you think that UTMB has been um, a difficult race for you to finish? Well, UTMB, um, I did uh, several times. Because I live in France, it is close to where I live. And uh, I love mountains. Um, I think UTMB is not a difficult race, but I, I DNF uh, three times because uh, I have been uh, always running so many races just before UTMB. And because I, the UTMB is the, the race like another uh, one race, uh, like another race, I think uh, the UTMB is uh, more easy than uh, the races uh, from here. Here uh, in the jungle, run very difficult. But I DNF because UTMB, obviously, there is so many, many talented and good runners from all over the world. And uh, we have, uh, like, uh, one kind of pressure also uh, to do better performance. And also, uh, all, every year, I, I'm just not running in my, uh, in my uh, uh, speed. I mean, uh, I always following the uh, very good runners like Kilian Jornet or Jim uh, Smersley. When you try to follow them, obviously you run very fast since the beginning, and after the uh, middle of part, you have no energy, and uh, <laughs> that's why I, I, I DNF several times, but uh, yeah, it's a very, very beautiful race, and I know the course very well, and uh, also this year I DNF because I was planning to run uh, uh, Tour de Gion, uh, 330 kilometers, just uh, one week later, UTMB, that's why I, I wanted, um, I was expecting to do better toward this year. Then I, uh, I just stopped after the 130 kilometers, and it was good because I could finish toward this year and uh, I could be here for the for the BMM. So, <laughs> uh, and this is your your very first time running in Vietnam. Uh, what's been your first impressions? And what are your expectations from the race tonight? Yeah, first time uh, here in Vietnam and first time with VMM. And I'm so excited. I just arrived yesterday and uh, already the very good ambience of the, on the trail running is very developing uh, uh, very well, uh, very fast here in Asia. And uh, to see um, all uh, running committee from Asia is really exciting. And uh, yeah, it's, maybe the, the course will be the difficult for me because I have been living in Europe and the climate and the temperature, the humidity is not the same. And I think I'm going to uh, suffer a little bit of uh, the humidity, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I definitely I'm going to take a, a big point and yeah, it will be a big surprise also the, the, about the course, uh, about the technicity. Uh, I, I don't know the terrain of here. That's why I uh, quite exciting. And I know that you've, uh, you've got a documentary that you're working on for, for next year, and so following you around the races, and what do you have planned for the rest of this year and, and going into to next year? What's in the diary? 
now uh, I will be based um, on in Nepal. Uh, I, uh, after the VMM, I go in Nepal, and then after I'm uh, trying to run some races here, here in Asia. Um, in two weeks, uh, I'm running uh, Transjiju by UTMB, 100K. And in November, um, I would like to find some races, uh, I don't know, uh, in Malaysia or here in Vietnam, I will see, uh, see later, but, it won't, uh, but I would like to find one race um, of 100K, uh, around 100K here in, um, uh, somewhere here. And uh, to finish my year, I will be in the Doyin Tanon uh, by UTMB for 100 miles uh, in December. Well, um, we, uh, we're excited to see how you perform in those races as well. I think the question that keeps on coming to me is why? Why do you do this Sango Sherpa? What is it? What's your purpose? Well, firstly, the uh, running uh, makes me happy. And when I run, when I go in the mountain, doing airports, uh, I feel myself uh, and also makes me happy and uh, the, doing some crazy things like uh, running every weekend uh, makes me traveling also and uh, it makes me to explore new things, new, new places and uh, meeting so many uh, uh, amazing people. Uh, that's why, uh, why I love uh, running every weekend and uh, like uh, it's big, now it's became like uh, one kind of um, addiction or one kinds of drugs. Uh, if I don't run, yeah, I, I, I feel like a sickness of, of running. That's why, I, yeah, I, well, I think that's why I, I'm doing this, uh, like a crazy uh, running every weekend. Yeah, if I didn't do it like this, uh, I shouldn't go to the Tour de Gion and uh, not to be here. Yeah, that's why I love to run every weekend and uh, maybe doing something different uh, than other runners. So that's why I am running every weekend. <laughs> Sango Sherpa, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to see how you perform tomorrow. Best of luck and thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, have a good rest to everybody and enjoy your rest. Thank you. Cheers. Um, we're going to welcome back to the stage another 100-kilometer runner. Uh, hopefully, Sango Sherpa won't try and keep up with him, but we've got Jeff Campbell coming back to the stage. Thank you. Jeff, welcome, welcome back to the stage. Firstly, I'd love to hear what you think about Sango Sherpa after hearing what he's been up to for the past year. But he's been doing that for the last 10 years, 2,000 kilometers in racing. Uh, I, I think it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, as someone who knows how much it takes to prepare to run at a high level, uh, to, to do as much racing as he does um, requires uh, just a physical gift um, and, uh, and a lot of toughness and perseverance. So it's, it's amazing. Uh, so Jeff, you, this isn't the first time you've raced in, uh, in Vietnam. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear your sort of like, your, you raced in VJM last year. So yeah, I'd love to hear about your experience from Vietnam before and your expectations for, for this weekend. Uh, yes, yeah, so I ran VJM 70 last year, and uh, it was one of my favorite races of the year. 
uh, beautiful uh, part of the country, and uh, all of the race volunteers were amazing. Um, uh, an excellent field. I, I had a, a good race, um, really enjoyed the finish line and, and, and all of uh, the great organization. And then also, when I came back to Hanoi, I visited the Blue Dragon Foundation, uh, one of the charities that is supported by, uh, by the race organizers, and, uh, and, and met some of the uh, kids who had done the, uh, some of the shorter distances uh, and, uh, and learned about the organization and the work they do. So it was a really nice uh, experience. And for VMM 100, uh, looking forward to uh, a, a, day, a night out in the big mountains with some great competitors um, and, and looking forward to seeing more of the be this beautiful country. Uh, Jeff, you've represented your origin country, Canada, at the World Mounted Trail Running Championships. You've won many races in your resident country, which is Hong Kong. Uh, you've run a sub-230 marathon. But you haven't always been an ultra runner. And so I'd love to hear, there's many people here that it, they're running their maybe first 100 kilometer race. What advice would you give to people that are running their first 100 kilometers? Uh, yeah, so I didn't start running until a little bit later in life, uh, not until I was in my 30s. So uh, when I started, I was new just like any new runner. And uh, I, I quickly learned that I, I loved the sport and that I had a little bit of talent that if I uh, did some training and put some work uh, and, and stayed consistent, uh, it, it would improve. Um, so uh, I think for any uh, new runners, it's to, uh, to just get out there and, and see what you can, what you can do. Um, and it's often more than you, uh, than you expect. Um, for me, I did not start running 100-kilometer distances. I started with shorter races uh, and then uh, went to longer distances, but also tried different things, like to run on the road as well and do some road races. Um, so to try to mix it up, and then as you get stronger, you can go for bigger adventures as well. I'm interested what you do to prepare for a big 100-kilometer race. Specifically now, the day before, what is your advice to people like as they're thinking like, you know, for those running the 100 kilometers, four hours is to start time. So what's going through your mind the, the day of the race and how do you prepare yourself? Uh, well, the day before, the day of the race, the, the training is done. You, you cannot get more fitness at that point. Um, so it's about getting rest. I try to stay off my feet uh, if I can, uh, not to be uh, walking around too, too much. Um, and uh, make sure you eat some carbs. Um, so have some noodles or rice. Um, uh, make sure you check your race kit to make sure that you have all the required equipment. Uh, maybe look at what the checkpoint uh, and, and the course is. Um, but uh, just try, try to... Uh, Pass, pass the time because the hard work has, has been done. How do you think about nutrition during the race? Do you plan meticulously, like every hour I need to eat this amount, or uh, like at every aid station I need to put on some real food? Like how do you think about nutrition during the race? Uh, so I think nutrition is very individual, so it, the most important thing is whatever works for you. <laughs> um, but for me, uh, I will take gels for the most part during the race. Uh, any brand will do, but I try to take two gels per hour. So every 30 minutes, I set my watch to, uh, to buzz, 
Well. And uh, take a gel, and then I will supplement that with uh, mostly water, but a little bit of sports drink as, as well. And try to do that throughout the race. Um, uh, sometimes by the end, the stomach uh, does not like that many gels, and I'll, I'll have some banana or some real food. Um, but uh, usually the stomach can sustain that. But that works for me. Maybe not for everyone. Uh, and so last question for me. You mentioned there's sometimes during the race, maybe the gels aren't going down, your tummy's bad. Maybe you have your legs aching. Maybe you feel sick. What do you do in the difficult parts of the race? And what is your advice when undoubtedly everyone's going to have a hard part of the race? How do they get through it? Uh, so I think the longer a race is, the more likely that you'll have problems, that, that you'll have low points. I don't think that you can run 100K and feel uh, perfect from start to finish. So you should expect to have challenges and not be surprised when they come. Uh, for me, uh, I try to keep moving. So uh, if I have something that is hurting and it's uncomfortable to run, maybe try to hike a little bit and, and see if it gets better. Uh, if, my, uh, if I'm having uh, uh, stomach problems, then try to, fix, uh, try to focus on fixing the problem rather than thinking, I cannot do this. So, uh, you know, try to um, think logically and, and, and uh, fix whatever is going on, but keep moving forward and keep going towards the finish line. And I think also just one more thing is, yeah, when you're going through one of those problems, just to remember how lucky you are that you're able to be in the mountains, being active, doing such an amazing adventure. So to try to turn the negative into uh, how amazing the overall experience is. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us on stage. Best of luck for the race this evening. We'll be following closely. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, but we're gonna welcome up to the stage, Trung. I've been trying to get you on to the Endurance Asia podcast for like the last two years, but you'll say you're too shy. Yeah, but, I, but now you're getting up on stage in front of everyone. Good I, man. But you know, I had to look at you because I would feel really shy looking at them, actually. Uh, that's I, fine. I spent more time looking at you then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, on your podcast, there are so many amazing people that I felt that I'm not at their level. I'm, I'm kind of an imposter if I ever go to go up there. So uh, I'm a little bit... Uh, well, now you've got to do it not just in English, but in Vietnamese yes, too. Yeah. I think you would be very worthwhile to get up here as an athlete, but that's not why I wanted to get you up here. The main reason was because you're, for me, you're so synonymous with the trail running community here in Vietnam. So I want to hear a bit about the history of, um, uh, of the ultra running here, given that this is the 10th anniversary of the very first big ultra. So yeah, I'd love to, you to talk a little bit about the history of them. Uh, the first time I get into trail running, that was in 2017. And that was also the first edition of uh, Vietnam Jungle Marathon. I did the 25 kilometer then. I just fell in love with it. The scenery was so amazing. And the, the whole atmosphere is very cozy. At that time, we had only about 100 to 200 people. And that felt very cozy at, at the finish line. And um, at the dinner before the race too, it was very small, cozy, I love it. Uh, and now we have what, VMM with 5,000 people. So the growth in terms of the number of participants has really increased a lot. The number of races, um, trail races in Vietnam has also increased a lot every year. 
The distance as well, we have now we have the longest distance is 320 kilometers. That's a stage race. Uh, for VMM, it's 160 last year. So wow, we can see the growth. And I think the thing that, that I think that the Vietnamese is most proud of is that this year we have Ha Ho, right? Um, who put a name, uh, Vietnam, on the map, uh, being fourth in, in CCC. And that was yeah. wonderful. And I, I really hope to see more of that. And in fact, um, when I go climbing in the mountain here during the COVID time, I see so many young kids. You wouldn't believe it. They are amazing. They live in the mountain. They go up and down the mountain every day. And the way that they tackle the downhill, I thought I'm good at downhill, but these kids would just blow me away. You are very fast downhill, though. I've like, run with you lots of times. You are very fast downhill. Um, so you said that the distances have uh, progressed over the years. So gone up, like, 100 miler was the VMM last year. Um, what distance are you doing tonight? And, uh, and what part of the course are you most looking forward to in, in VMM? Um, so um, I'm doing 70K this year. I had a bit of stomach issue that always hurt me after around 10, 15 hours. So I think I just keep the distance shorter just to avoid you know, suffering from stomach issue. Uh, the place that I'm most um, looking forward to is the cow hill, is the cow mountain. It's so beautiful up there. Even when I, was, I don't run, sometimes we just go up there to, to camp with my friend. Like sometimes with Hung Hai, we go up there and camp and then we do a little bit of running there. It's amazing. I'm glad there's no rain this year, so coming off the back of Cow Hill is going to be a bit easier la this year than last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Definitely. Trung, what is your favorite part of the trail running community in Vietnam? What do you think makes it so special? I think that I find that the community here is very, very close, very well-knit. Everybody support each other. Um, for example, like we have... Um, we have Vietnam Ultra Trail, we have VUT in Hanoi, we have uh, uh, Tailwind Adventure Club in, in Saigon, and they are so close. They support each other, they, they organize events and things like that, I, and I love it. It's yeah. very good for the community. Who are your favorite Vietnamese trail runners, and, uh, and why? Who should we look out for t um, tomorrow? I think my, my two favorite runners, Vietnamese runners, is, um, is first is Quang Chuan, who is the best in, in Vietnam, uh, I think. Yeah. I, and the, the, the second is uh, Dan Lee. Dan Lee is just this, this, his, his character, his, his warm, his, his, uh, his very warm, and his, his, he has this other ability, for example, he's, he's unbeatable in, in Backyard Ultra. Yeah. Uh, he, he never give up, for example, he never DNF. Oh, yeah. well, he does in Rinjani, but that's another thing, yeah. <laughs> Trung, you're my favorite Vietnamese ultra runner. Thank you. Thank you're a legend, mate. I think you're, you. you're so you're important kind. for this community as well. And like, I'm looking forward to, to seeing your race tomorrow. But best Thank of you. luck. Best Thank of you. luck. Okay, we're going to welcome up race director David. David, can you come and join us to the stage, please, sir? Woohoo! Thank you. Xin cảm ơn. The man without none of this would be possible. Mr. David Lloyd, welcome to the stage. David, congratulations on making it to 10 years. I, I can't imagine the amount of hard work that has gone into building this consecutively year over year over year. Um, how does it feel getting to this milestone now? What does it feel like being on stage, having made that 10-year anniversary? Most races don't make it out of the first two, three years. So how does it feel getting to 10 years? 
I already felt very emotional, but when I sit with Scott and he gives me the, the emotional Scott voice, I feel even more, even more so. It's a, it's a really emotional uh, event for us this time. And it feels really momentous for not only for us, but for the, for the mountain running community in, in Vietnam. Uh, I also feel very, very lucky, to be honest. Uh, like Chung just said very eloquently before me, it's special here in Vietnam. The, the mountain running community is incredible. And I feel very, very lucky and very privileged to, to be a part of it. Uh, and I suppose, David, what, what do you enjoy most about directing the Vietnam Trail Series? There's so much that must go into it. You have three races every single year. Like, what, what is it that you enjoy most about it? There's a lot to enjoy about it, because this is a, a dream job. I, see, I, I absolutely love this job. Uh, one of the best things about it is the finish line. So after all of the work has gone into to making the race, seeing the emotions of runners come across the finish line, uh, there's always a lot of emotions there. We feel emotional after a lot of work, and when we see the emotion of the runners, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful mix. So yeah, the finish line feeling is uh, probably the best, the best moment. You've got one of the best finish lines out of any ultra race that I've been to as well. The views at Topaz Lodge, the beer, the atmosphere, the music. I think uh, I look forward to seeing everyone here at the finish line at the end tomorrow as well. Um, so, of the last 10 years, what have been a couple of the most, I suppose, amazing and memorable moments from hosting this event over the last 10 years? What, what stands out to you when you look back and go, Gosh, that was, uh, I mean, you talk about emotions, but what, what, what stands out for you over the past 10 years? Yeah, there are many, many, many moments, but uh, let's stick with emotions as the theme. Uh, my standout moment isn't actually from an ultra run. It's from the 10K and 15K. So on the Sunday, a few years ago, we had a father and a son racing, and the dad won the 15K. And the dad stood on the finish line waiting for his boy to finish the 10K. And his boy won the 10K. And the feeling of pride and happiness in his dad was just incredible to see. And uh, it's the one thing, we, we managed to get a photo of it as well. And his dad's there on the finish line. And he's leaping kind of on his toes like this. And uh, yeah, that's my standout moment. So not ultra, not 100, not 100 miles, but the 10K of the, the father and the son. It's my favorite moment. You must have one more. Actually, uh, uh, Dung was talking about uh, her finish earlier already with Sophie when she pushed her forward for the, for the win at the, at the uh, 42K. And uh, it was actually another girl in that photo. So there were three of them together, actually. And that, that was just beautiful, seeing somebody give up the, the place for the, someone that they'd made friends with on the trail. And I think that kind of encapsulates what's one of the many things that's beautiful about trail running. It's... When you compare it to a lot of sports, the, the way that people will help each other out on the trail, I feel like egos are left, maybe not at the start line, but 10K or 15K in, they're gone. And it's a great leveler. People are all very uh, at one, I think, in, in trail running. So, and that moment really, really encapsulates that. One of the best parts of your job must be about wrecking the course across these beautiful mountains and this beautiful valley. What's your favorite bit? Which bit do you always just love going back to? And, uh, and yeah, that if, you could, uh, if you only had one last chance to run in Sapa, what, what part of the course would you do and, and why? 
I'm going to cheat, and uh, I'll give you my one favourite, and then my two very nearly favourites. Because one is from uh, the distance that only the ultra runners will see. So the 100, the 70, and the 50 will go up to uh, Cow Hill or uh, Doibar. And uh, when you come up there, for a lot of you, it's sunrise. And it's a huge panorama of mountains all around. And uh, I remember the first time I went up there with uh, Kien, who's my right-hand man, when we go out and spend a lot of time together on the trails. And we went up there, and he literally sat down and, and did a praying position to thank whatever one you believe in for this beautiful place. It's really uh, like sent from heaven up there. So that's uh, Cow Mountain. And uh, for not to leave out the 21K runners, right here actually, running out of town up Hamron Mountain, uh, it only takes under three kilometers. And you come out and you go from this valley, this side, where you can see Sapper Town. And as you come out through the, over the top of the hill, you get to see the whole Muanghua Valley, which opens up. And uh, that is never, never gets old. That's an extremely beautiful part for the 21K runners. For the 10K runners down in the valley, when you go down uh, at the bottom, you have a loop through some really beautiful rice paddies. And that's a number three for me. So it's uh, Cow Hill, Hamram, and Cat Cat, all super beautiful. So yeah, lots. Vâng ạ, tôi giả vờ không dịch được để cho anh David uh, nói tiếng Việt đúng không ạ? Chúng ta thấy rằng là khả năng tiếng Việt sau 10 năm giải chạy VMM, uh, tiếng Việt của anh David thực sự rất là xuất sắc ạ. One last question, uh, if you'll let me, before we uh, the band comes up to set up. You're also a pretty good ultra runner, cyclist. You run cycle tours all around here as well. What have you got coming up next? Because I understand that together, the two of you have got a bit of a, a plan coming up as well. Yeah, next up, uh, it's with me. So, um, like Scott said, I, I like to ride, but this year and the last year is more about running. Again, for me, which is where I came from, is mountain running back in uh, Wales and England. And uh, me and V will do a Everest thing for Blue Dragon Children's Foundation. So V is the co-CEO of Blue Dragon Children's Foundation. And that charity rescues victims of human trafficking and they uh, help street kids and kids in disadvantaged situations. So me and V will do a Everest thing near Hanoi. Uh, that's coming up as the, as the next challenge. Amazing, well look, David, Thank you so much for putting this race on, for bringing this community together, to, to all the effort you put in, and all of your team as well. Very excited about kicking off in the next few hours. Um, so yeah, best of luck, and we uh, best of luck to all the competitors as well. Thank you very much. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining, cause things ain't that bad.